Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Andrew. I'm Leith. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right to it. Uh, so this is uh, our last episode of our KyoAni month. Um, and what a weeks. month it's been. It's been a great month. We've watched a lot of fun shows um, and discussed a lot of love that we have for an incredible, incredible studio. Um, but anyways, uh, before we get on to our three episodes in, let's go ahead and dive into the news. Right. Um, Kono Suba is getting a cell phone game this winter. Um, it looks like it's just a straight up JRPG from what it looks uh -huh. like. Um, turn-based combat, uh, looking at it from the side like they do in, uh, old school Final Fantasy games. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, uh... I, I imagine you play the four main characters. I think I've seen a trailer for this. And I imagine you play the four main characters, and they're as equally as useless in that game as they are in the show. I imagine Megamine is still the glass cannon. I imagine Darkness can't hit a thing, but it can take all the hits. There was a screenshot I saw of it somewhere. Um... Now, I, I don't know if it was the cell phone game specifically, but I do remember seeing some sort of Konosuba-based um, JRPG. There, there was a dungeon crawler that came out for the PS4 uh, last while. Um ah. I might be remembering so, that. I might be uh, that yeah. might be what I'm thinking of. This this is a turn-based uh JRPG it looks like and uh, -huh. uh shoot. There was this so, sorry, the yeah, was there's there was this great shot of them in combat and it was uh darkness swinging her great sword at uh at a monster and yeah, of course it missing because she's just absolutely wretched. Anyway, uh, and she would love to hear you tell her that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so then you you found some uh... Uh, some interesting news. Uh, I wanted uh, to talk about uh, the Kyoto Animation's um, donations and uh, just how much how generous the anime community has been to uh, Kyoto mm -hmm. uh, or to KyoAni. Um, and so I went looking for uh, for information on this. I found an article that said uh, Sankai Japan to provide tax breaks for Kyoto Animation donations. Oh, okay. They're going to get, provide tax breaks the same way as it's. They're going to treat it like a government disaster relief. Mm -hmm. So for tax purposes, the donations are going to be treated like disaster relief, which good good on them. Good on them that they are going to behave in a mm -hmm. you know in a yeah. good manner like that. I mean, okay, according to Senkai News, it's unusual to treat donations towards relief from a criminal act as the same as a disaster relief, but, um, yeah, they plan on announcing more details on a later date. Mm -hmm. um, Kyoto Animation opened a bank account to accept donations starting July 24th, and that account has now received over 2 billion yen. Um... 
not including the 1.2 billion yen that other donation other um donations had achieved by July 29th. Mhm. No, oh, okay, no, okay. That that's right. So but um The Mainichi Shimbun, Shimbun newspaper reported on July 29th that they exceeded 1.2 billion yen, but as of July, t- no, but as of the, this reporting, this article is dated uh, the 22nd of August. As of the 22nd of August, they had received over 2 billion yen, or about 18.78 million dollars U.S. Hmm. Um, so that's fantastic. Uh, I've heard some reports that, uh, you know, the damage done that that might not even cover the damage done based on, uh, mm-hmm. just how much may have been lost. But I saw another article, um, a while ago that mentioned that, um, some of the, uh, computer servers that they thought were lost forever were recovered. Oh, so they nice. Didn't lose, they didn't lose as much as they thought they did. Uh, I they, remember they still, they're still, you know, horrible loss and loss I, of I life. Thought I, I thought I read an article saying that they didn't lose anything when it came to data, that they were all the data had been backed up. May have been, but I, I there was an article early on uh-huh. that uh, somebody reported uh, one, one of the, uh, I, I don't know if it was a director or some owner of the company reported that during the fire that they had lost everything, all digital and all um, paper copies uh-huh. of everything that was in that studio. Um, and so it was another news article that said, oh, the digital stuff's been recovered. Or at least some of it. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I was even talking with Doug about it recently. They, uh, there was an article that came out that said that they, um, they didn't lose anything. So, I mean, uh, yes, they... There were people who died. It's a horrible, horrible thing. People died. Yes. They, it, but what those people were working on uh, was not, uh, they was, they did not lose it. So anyways, uh, let's That's go fantastic. ahead and move on. Um, sorry, I just barely found a trailer uh, for the Konosuba movie. Uh, <laughs> that's coming out later on this year. That's coming out, I think it might be the 30th. Um, mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. But uh it's, I still need to watch the My Hero Academia movie. I heard that's really good. Doug was talking that that was Doug has been telling me that that's really good. Uh-huh. Um, no, Konosuba. The, I just the the trailer. I recognized absolutely everything that's happening in there because I just barely finished reading uh, book five, volume five of the uh, light novels. All right, and the so movie if you guys want to be five. so if our listeners want to be caught up before the movie comes out, go check out volume five of the Konosuba light novels. Or don't if they just want to go ahead and watch it for themselves. Sure. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on. It is uh, it was my pick this week. Yeah, it is uh, for three episodes in, and we're going to go ahead and watch. And we did watch uh, Nichi Joe, My Ordinary Life, from the creators of Kaon and Lucky Star. Comes a slice of life series packed with absurd antics and hilarious high school predicaments. Follow the adventures of three ordinary girls as they make life's awkward moments a thousand times worse, along with a colorful branch of classmates, colorful bunch of classmates. They learn their most important lessons the hard way, like whether goats are an appropriate form of transportation, mm-hmm. who will win in a wrestling match between the principal and a deer, which unfortunately we did not see. And most not notably, in this, but we have seen it, just not in the first three episodes. 
yet. And, well, yes, we have seen it, but not in context, as much as that doesn't matter in this show. Nothing. There's literally context. no need for context in this show. Go ahead, go ahead and finish yeah, the yeah, synopsis. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, and most notably, if the three-second rule applies to weenies that fly through mohawks. Meanwhile, down the street, a pocket-sized professor makes life difficult for a robot who just wants to be normal. But normal is the last thing you can expect in a town where salmon flies from the sky. In fact, the only thing you can count on is your friends. But even they are totally weird. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Okay, So the format of this anime is very, very micro-episodic. Just gag after gag after gag. Uh, set up and payoff. Set up and payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not as chaotic as say something like um, Pop Team Epic was. Mm-hmm. There there's still some sense of continuity. Like events that happen are referenced in future um, stories, and they're not so out of the out of this world. But really, nothing there, is there's, as out there's of not, this world. There's not a lot. Of, there's there's no. There's no consistent forward moving plot through these shows. And so if you're looking for that, this is not the place to go for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. what this is, is just a whole lot of silliness and a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first episode um, starts with introducing each of the characters going through a bit of a silly uh, scenario uh-huh. With the last thing happening being that um, the robot is frying up fish for the eight-year-old scientist. Yep. Who? And the cat steals the fish. Now, I'm not certain, and this is something I'm kind of a disappoint. I'm kind of disappointed with with the um, the uh, Funimation uh, dub. Mm-hmm. Um, they just called, like, instead of the eight-year-old girl, everyone calls her Hakase. Or ha- ha- Hakase? Yeah, Hakase, yeah. my bad. Hakase. And instead of translating it, they just called her Hakase. Hakase is the Japanese word for somebody with a PhD. So literally, she's calling her professor. Mm. So I was just like, why aren't they just calling her professor? I mean, that's what the word means. That's what the word means. I mean, maybe that is actually her name. I'm not certain. I have the manga, actually. Like, I uh, I have the Blu-rays right here for the show. I adore this show, um, as I talked about last week. And when I pre-ordered it, I also got um, volume one of the manga uh, for free with the pre-order. Yeah. Um, and I'll have to double check that and see if it was translated any differently in the manga. But I was slightly dis- and it's it's just me being nitpicky. I was slightly disappointed that uh, oh, excuse me that um, they didn't actually call her professor. Uh, they just called her Hakase. Uh huh. Because I I don't think you know. I guess it really doesn't matter. But at the same time, a girl that young, they would actually usually say Chan at the end. Uh huh. And they never say Hakase Chan. At least not in the first three episodes. It's always just Hakase. Mm-hmm. It's always just professor. Anyways, that's I'll probably call her professor uh, here on out. 
Um, maybe slip between the two. Not sure. Okay. Anyways, so we'll... if, if our viewers or listeners hear me say professor, they know who I'm talking about. Anyways, let's go All from right. there. All right, I, so... do, I do love this show. It was just a nitpick of mine. Okay. So the little professor um, uh, is being... Okay, so this... Okay, a cat steals the fish off the grill that the robot is trying to cook a fish on for the professor. Uh-huh. And the robot starts trying to negotiate with the cat of put it back, put it back. And then... Mm-hmm. And then you wrote something down about uh, the robot Nano. Yeah, Nano uh, is her name. And uh, this is something that's kind of a character... I don't want to say an arc, but a um, part of Nano's character. Mm-hmm. So she's a robot. I with mean, a giant key sticking with out of her back. Giant wind-up key sticking out of her back. Um, kind of like um, Cogsworth does in Beauty and the Beast, just a wind-up key uh-huh. on the back. Um, and every once in a while, it spins. And she's very, very self-conscious of that because other than that, she looks like a normal girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a normal 15-year-old girl. Um, yes. And uh, she's so afraid of having people think less of her because she's a robot <laughs> that she's even scared of this cat finding out that she's a robot. So while she's chasing this cat, she tries to hide this key from this cat. So, and yes. yeah, I wrote that down because that just reminded me of all the, the wonderful things that are coming down in later episodes of just mm-hmm. her desperately trying to hide the fact that she's a robot from people. And the professor just not understanding why, because robots are cool. But anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's running around trying to chase this cat. Trying to get this food from the cat. Um, and for whatever reason, she's running down a street and not paying enough attention to what she's doing. And she sees a guy crossing, going the other way. Mm-hmm. And she can't slow down fast in time. And time starts to go, and things start to go in slow motion. It goes, we're going to crash. I can't stop myself. And she loses a slipper, a slipper and she goes towards him. Cut to a wide shot of the city as an Akira-style explosion rocks the whole town. Just this giant orb of blue light emanating from where where they collided. Start the opening credits. Yeah, yeah. That's a perfect way to start this wild and crazy show. it, It literally left me with a moment of... Wait, what? And now I have to find out what happened. Uh, and then they don't adequately follow up with that particular no. explosion. Well, they don't at all. Not really the explosion, but they show you the aftermath of it. There's some elements that happen in the aftermath. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So the next scene after the credits, we're introduced to two of the three main girls. And the three main girls can be summed up in the following character traits. One of them is very energetic. One of them is very ditzy. And, um, well, the energy... Okay, so... There's the blue-haired girl with the pigtails. What's her mm-hmm. name? Uh, Mio. Mio. So, Mio, 
She seems to be the most relatable of the three. The most regular? Most regular. <laughs> Yuko is a bit of a spaz and a klutz and a ditz. She's hyper excitable, except for when she's not and she just wants to be lazy and can't find the motivation to do anything. Uh-huh. So that's that was part of the opening credits, the opening scenes was that she's in school and she doesn't she has no motivation and mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. want to do anything. So well, just find the motivation. That's what I'll do. I'll just find the motivation. Because that, that that's how that works. Mm-hmm. And then there's a third girl, Mai. And the third girl is Mai, and she's stoic bookworm. Mm-hmm. As, a, as an archetype. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Doesn't talk very much. Anyway, so the first two girls I mentioned are walking to school. And one's teasing the other a little bit, and then suddenly a wooden doll. Like, did you hear that sound? As an explosion goes off, and there's, is it going to be raining? Yeah, you forgot your umbrella. Here, we're going to get rained on. Thud. It's raining. As a wooden wooden doll. doll slams on Yuko's head. And then in the most obvious trope of the what's the worst that could happen, they say, well, at least it was just one wooden doll. Thunk. Red cow bobblehead. Well, she's trying to talk herself up. She's like, actually, that's pretty lucky. How many people have a wooden doll fall on their head? Huh? Huh? I must be pretty incredible. Bam. (laughs) And then it's a wooden cow bobblehead. Uh... Uh It's just red cow. Red cow. Um, and then, like, well, at least I wasn't hit by anything raw. Salmon. And she just, she pulls it off, and then very, Salmon! Uh-huh. Suck it <laughs> So... And so they this whole s- show is full mm-hmm. of these little sketches and these little mm-hmm. moments that don't really add up to an overall plot arc. So we're just kind of going to skip around and talk yeah. about our favorite mm-hmm. bits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially since we're recording this pretty late and we don't have a lot of time tonight, unfortunately. Um, but anyways, the next bit, uh, they're eating lunch. And uh, and uh, Mio is just uh, the girl with the blue hair. Says, hey, huh? I thought you liked sausages. Why haven't you eaten yours yet? And you... <laughs> And uh, Yuko's just like, <laughs> oh, oh, Mio, you don't understand. You save your favorite thing for last. So you can finish your meal by saying, that was delicious. And she's about to eat her uh, this little octopus sausage, a yep. wiener, as they call it in the synopsis. Yep. Um, but she mishandles her chopsticks. And it falls out of her chopsticks and it suddenly goes slow motion. And the animation style just gets super intense. And so she goes for it with the chopsticks a second time and misses. And then she double powers up. <laughs> like she powers, is like, no, I've lost. Wait, no, I haven't yeah, that... lost. I haven't lost. And she powers up and then powers up again and goes to grab it with her hand but she fails to close her hand in time and just slaps the wiener away from her. 
and they're eating in their classroom, slaps her wiener away, the, the, the sausage away from her, and it goes towards Mai. Uh-huh. And Mai has all a of a sudden has this, also ha, ha, so, suddenly has this catcher's mitt in her hand, ready to catch it. And uh, uh, they're super impressed with her about her getting ready to catch this. And all of a sudden, the student with a mohawk walks in, as we talked about last week, the guy who has the mohawk. He walks in, looks down and sees a 10 yen piece on the ground. It's a lucky penny. down right in front of them to pick it up as in incredible detail, this little sausage flies through his mohawk. Well, it, it goes in and it takes a second before we see it leave again. It's like, yeah. oh, it went through. And then it keeps going and it lands perfectly in, uh, in Mio's baseball mitt. Mai. And she ca- huh? Didn't you say her name was Mai? Oh, no, no, no. Mai is the blue-haired girl. Uh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Sorry, yeah. Mai, my bad. Mio is the blue-haired girl. Mai is the girl with the, is, is the plain girl. My, I was looking at the wrong notes. That's All right, I just remember fault. Mio so, being a name of one of the girls in K-On, so. <laughs> uh, so Mai grabs it, and then she kind of celebrates by um, moving her glove over. But as she does that, the glove is designed to catch sus- a ball. It's designed it- to catch a ball, not a wiener. So the wiener flies out of the side, keeps right, going. Right out of the palm. And then slams into the lockers, at which point Yuko's just like, it's over. Wait, no, it's not over. As she powers up again, backflips with her chopsticks in her hands, lands on the ground, hits the ground, and she counts out to the seconds. One two and grabs it with her chopsticks again and she says ha ha and she says giddy giddy safe which means just in the nick of time you know giddy giddy is just like meaning cutting it close and then safe meaning like yeah just made it just in time to which mio is like no you didn't (laughs) that's ruined you can't eat that and Yuko's just like, oh, oh, Mio, Mio, Mio. Haven't you ever heard of this three-second rule? It's totally fine as she eats it and then does the delicious pose. That's for that one gag, the amount of work that went into that scene just blows me away. It's so true. It's such an intense, incredibly well done visual gag. Yes. Okay, so another one of the sketches. Now, this one's a pretty brief one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find that Mai has a pet dog or something. She's associating with this dog in a park and has a frisbee and tosses the frisbee for the dog to catch. Uh-huh. And as the dog's about to catch it, the frisbee explodes because it's been shot with a shotgun. And we cut back. Apparently, the game of fetch, it became a game of skeet shooting, and the dog was okay with this. <laughs> the, gods, the, the dog's just totally fine, and uh, and Mai's just like, hmm. <laughs> looking at the dog, just with her, her plain blank, blank expression. Um, so, that, that was a heck of a thing to watch. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, okay. Next will be your turn, and tell us about... Um, Something else you mentioned in the uh, the opening about uh, goats. goats. So they're having their 
opening ceremony, or I don't know if it's the opening ceremony, but it's some kind of a school ceremony, and they're and they're talking. It feels like an opening ceremony, but it's basically an outdoor assembly where there's um, yeah a morning mm-hmm. assembly of some kind, and I don't know if there's just a, like a tradition for frequency for that. Um, last time I remember seeing an outdoor morning assembly was from a clip from Azamangadaya. I think it just depends on the school and uh, what their gym facilities are like. Or if their um, gym can't like, hold everybody, mm-hmm. then they'll probably do an outdoor thing. Or like, yeah, if the gym isn't large enough to hold the entire student body, then they'll probably do it outside, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. That makes sense to me. Anyways, um, they're having an assembly, and the teachers are talking to them. We meet the, the adorable kind of uh, sheepish homeroom teacher who is also their the guidance counselor. So she's trying to make sure students are following the rules and doing nice things and things like that. And so she walks up and she says, okay, well, um, I think we all agree that it's important to follow the rules. So uh, let's go ahead. And uh, um, I noticed that, uh, that, um, that there was a goat parked with the bikes. Um, and uh, I think we can agree to uh, let's not bring goats to school. And like, up until that point, the entire student body had just like had sat through the uh, the principal's lame jokes, sat through the announcements and things like that. Oh, and uh, apparently, of the things that fell on uh, Yuko's head, a piece of squid ended up on the back of her head that she never caught, and Mai sees it and just can't stop laughing about it. To which Yuko is misinterpreting her laughter as saying, are you, are you really laughing at the principal's jokes? Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen you laugh this much before. Like, and then she tries one of her terrible jokes. Uh-huh. And, uh... Mai's completely <laughs> deadpan. Yeah, Mai's just... Hmm. Well, yeah, and then turns around and she's giggling at the squid. <laughs> Can I tell her? Should I tell her? I can't tell her. No, I can't tell her. I'll just let her find out on her own. Yeah, she's got a, a tentacle in her hair. Yep. But uh, so she, uh, so yeah, finally, after this uh, this adorable homeroom teacher uh, says, uh, let's not bring goats to school, somebody shouts out, what's wrong with bringing goats to school? There's nowhere in the policy does it say we can't ride a goat to school. And uh, this guy, I didn't write down his name, but this guy is uh, Mio's crush. She's had a crush on him for years, uh, as it's revealed in another episode. They were yeah. in, uh, uh, they were in, uh, I can't remember, the Kendo. That's what it is. They were in a Kendo club together oh. um, year, years ago. And that's where she first met him. Um, and there was kind of a, a, a clip of that in one of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's who she's admiring up there. Um, anyways, she, uh, he calls out and says, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing against the, against it in school rules. And a classmate of his shoots him with a gun right in the head. Right in the head. Uh, he, he, his protest is vile, passionate, and kind of quite abusive actually to this teacher. As he's shouting at her, that of how dare you be so discriminatory against goats? What's wrong with goats? Such and uh, such. And, and, then, student... and then suddenly, and then suddenly, blood spurts from his forehead, and he falls back as someone shoots him in the head with a revolver. 
it's obviously it's uh it's an airsoft gun. Um but uh she uh it yeah, it's it's a, it's cartoon violence. Yeah, it's cartoon violence. Anyways, so, by the way, this guy's wearing an ascot, okay? Which yeah. and he talks in a very, very self righteous, self mannered, you know, way. Uh up, very upper class, I should say. Yes, and he, uh he he's pretending to be upper class, he has a servant with a powdered wig. Yeah, he has a servant with a powdered wig. Um, and uh he uh the girl who shot him says uh he uh, uh says you need to stop being so full of yourself. You're just the you're you're just from a family of farmers. And he's like, Yes, but I'm the eldest of a family of eldest son of the family of farmers. Therefore I need to act like the eldest son no matter where I go. And after this comes out, there are girls in the audience who are just like, I feel like I've been lied to. He's just a farmer. <laughs> yeah, he, he behaves like he has money. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the things that I really enjoy about this show uh, are the scene changes. Uh, kind of after yes. that scene. Um, yep. At the end of each skit, there's kind of a palate cleanser, I want to say. Um, okay. Where they just uh, show kind of a faded out picture or an unfocused picture and it's an animation going on in the background. And usually, that has to do with the B-plot, if there, you can even say there is a B-plot. No, oh, sure. There's, the, there, uh, there's a long-running gag. There's a long-running gag to the episode. And in this one, um, this one, the, the um, intercut joke, the intercut scenes, are, are of um, Nano, coming back from the explosion we did skip this a little bit but she wakes up yeah. after the explosion she wakes up she's like what 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 where am i what what happened huh she, she, I, she's on her roof yeah and they animate her they animate her roof. going to each possible corner of the roof looking calmly looking for a way down well and as then when she, she realizes be, she's she doesn't stuck. panic very much like she well, probably so, more than as calmly as she can. It's more as panicking as she can because uh -huh. she's just like, ah, 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 ah. so she's walking calmly, but she's still very, very nervous, very, very freaked out about what happened. She's like, oh no, I, I, I lost the, I lost the fish. I lost my sandal. And how am I get down from here? And she collapses. And then she notices that she's also missing a hand. Yeah. She tries to put her hands in her cheeks and is missing one. Ah! And then in this one, it's clips of her getting home. So just there's shots of her getting home slowly, very slowly, and and in one of those shots, she, after she makes it home, it's the kid on the goat riding it home, being led by the powdered wigged servant who's the same height as him, so it looks like it's another student. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, oh. <sighs> the uh, the okay, so another one of these scenes, uh, this is between Nano and the professor. Uh -huh. is. Nano is bringing the professor warm tea or milk or some some warm drink, some steaming drink in a cup uh -huh. on a tray. And she's coming in and she jams her toe against the doorknob, uh, against the door jam of her, the bedroom that she's going into. Mm -hmm. And she feels like, my master made me. And for some reason, she made me with nerve endings. So... She's talking about how she's not special. Like, she's a robot, but there's really nothing special about her at all. She kicks the door. Yeah, her, her toe just... Yeah. And so... Mm -hmm. um, Things go down. 
Well, uh, she puts the tray down and complains about her foot hurting, and the the eight year old professor comes to help her out and grabs. This is what? Where did you hurt yourself? Uh, this toe. So grabs the toe and pulls it off. Pulls off the toe, mm-hmm. which relieves, uh, which simultaneously relieves the pain. But I actually freeze framed it because I recognize the port that's under the toe. It's a it's an old PS2 four pin serial port that used to be what mice were when you had a computer <laughs> mouse plugged into the back of the computer. Twelve years ago or more, that was the port that was used. Mm-hmm. It's like, why is that behind a toe? And then later on, they're having a discussion about why does she have a key in her back? Why can't she take it out so that she can sit down and act comfortably? And says, well, don't you know what it's for? No? Well, let me show you. Winds it up twice, and by so doing, triggers the missile on her big toe to fire. And that is a USB (laughs) port. Which uh, talks to us during after the end credits saying that I only store up to a gigabyte. Isn't it sad that I don't have more storage? <laughs> that was the toe that said that? Yeah, that was the toe that said that. Wow. Or it, or it was uh, the professor saying it for the toe. I didn't, I don't, I... <laughs> I thought she was talking about the robots entirely. Oh, Just, no, she's talking about, it was talking about the toe. The toe a is a one gigabyte storage, storage in, drive. There's a gig of storage in the robot's big toe. Yep. Oh, that's amazing. For reasons. For reasons. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just like, wait, wait. A, a PS slash two four pin serial port. Why? Why? That makes no sense. Um, so. And, uh, and, it's, and it's a mail port, meaning that it plugs into a compute the back of a computer. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to picture her trying to stick her pinky toe into the back of a computer. <laughs> for and for what purpose? She mm-hmm. she's now the mouse? Like or like I've only ever seen it used for a mouse or a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's other machines, other functions that it can do that with. I haven't exactly delved into all the t- type of accessories that that can mm-hmm. go with, but it's usually a mouse mm-hmm. or a keyboard. But yeah, that skit USB was more popularized. That skit again ends with Nano being like, Yeah, we uh like well, please take off the key. I want to look normal. I don't want anybody knowing that I'm a robot. And the professor's saying, Nope, it's cool. I'm not gonna <laughs> do it. Um, so next episode, I believe it's the next episode, but anyways, the next skit we want to talk about, or at least that I that I, I wrote down about, um, was uh when uh, Mio's on her way to school. She woke up and she woke up late and she's like, mom, you, I woke up late. I told you to wake me up at seven. Why didn't you wake me? She goes to the kitchen. Her mother left a note. She, her mother left even earlier to go to a, uh, a neighborhood, uh, meeting, a neighborhood association meeting. Right. Um, and so, uh, And so Mio's freaking out, uh, and so she gets dressed, and she runs, and she's like, if I run to school, if I break my record, I can still get there on time. Why did this this, this have to happen the morning that, uh, <laughs> why did this has, have to happen the morning that I have uh, uh, cleaning duty? Uh, and she, uh, as she runs, she makes it to the stop, a stoplight, 
And then well, she, she runs out. The, she runs out the front of her house. Yeah, yeah, I right, know, I know. Yeah, right past somebody wearing a mask. Yeah, somebody wearing and a mask, then, but she doesn't notice it. Yes. And she gets to the stoplight, and then her memories reverse, and then she's like, "Wait a minute." And then she realizes she just walked past someone weird. Yeah. And she turns around, and this person wearing her school uniform is just running at her. And, and so then there's this scene. And so there's just well, I'm not sure what gag this is from or anything, but there's this running gag where they have this huge pumpkin-shaped oval hell mask helmet on their head, like it's some sort of plushy mascot head uh-huh. that's just a running gag that, uh, that just shows up from place to place. I don't know if it's like a school mascot or what's going on there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what this person's wearing yeah. and her school uniform. Yeah. And chasing after her. And chasing after her and eventually she gives in and she just can't she can't do it anymore. She she can't run anymore. So she gets down and she offers them money because she thinks that this person is going to kill her. So she's like, please just take this and go. And so she gives her 2,000 yen. This person uh-huh. grabs the 2,000 yen, puts it in her pocket. Um, I forget exactly what happens next, but this person well, refuses to leave. Well, she, she reveals her true identity and pulls off the giant mask and has a luchador mask underneath. I was trying to remember if there was something that happened between that and her taking the money. Uh, but she does reveal her true identity, and then there's that. And then, uh, which just freaks Mio out even more, and she's just freaking out. And suddenly, there's this laughter. And the entire time, I'd actually forgotten the scene, even though I've seen, even though I've seen the show a couple of times. Um, I, uh, I, I thought it was Yuko. You know, this totally uh-huh. would be a thing that Yuko would do. It is. Um, but because you're expecting it the whole time. Just, to be Yuko. You're expecting it to be Yuko, and pulls off the mask, or the person's like, "You don't, re- you don't recognize me yet, do you?" And she pulls off the mask. The luchador and mask. And he's like, it's, your, it's me, your older sister. And Mio's like, what? Yeah. And she gets, she then punches her older sister. Her arm's spinning as she punches her. And then it cuts to this old guy in a tux and a top hat. And I want to say it's a rabbi. I want to say he had like, cur- he had like old curls dude that, Old dude and a younger guy. Let's, yeah. not, let's not get into it. And he's just like, oh. What a commendable corkscrew this morning. They're admiring the punch that she delivered. Yes. And her sister's like, oh, why would you hurt? Why would you hit me? I put so much work into this. Like, I grabbed the masks. I even deactivated your alarm for this morning. That was real hard to do. You did what? And punches her again. again. And the sister's like, come no, on, don't mention. do that. I'll treat you to coffee with this. And the no, sister I, punches I, her again. I need to mention that the, the animation for this corkscrew punch, her entire arm is spinning into a yeah. into a fine point. And it kind of looks a bit like... Um, the big daddies from uh, Bioshock with, her, yeah. with what her arm is doing. Yeah, just, her, her sh- arm is like a drill, just punch. Uh, yes. Like, what a commendable corkscrew this early in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely oh, true. Man, I believe the next one after that is... Uh, was it the long... Was it the game they were playing on the stairs? I, I, I'd like to talk about that one. Real okay, quick. you go ahead and talk about that one. I'll so, go ahead and do so the, the three one main after girls. that. Three main girls are playing rock, paper, scissors. Uh-huh. And in three-way rock, paper, scissors, if two people are... If um, one person has a victorious hand over the other two, then they get to say the longest word... I think they get to say the longest word they can think of. It has to, and apparently, I think it has to be one solid word 
and not just um, a, a sentence or a phrase, but you have to come up with a full word. And so, and for every syllable in that word, they're allowed to walk up one stair and the first person to the top wins. Well, everybody gets a turn and everybody's... Um, Everybody's doing something. Um, so so uh, Mio goes first uh-huh. and wins. And, and the uh, rock, paper, scissors, and the person who wins and, goes and so up she, the stairs. So she goes up the stairs a little ways. And then Yuko goes second. And Mio feels the need to reiterate the rules to her to make sure she doesn't cheat. And so she says something, but then adds on to it a something that's not... Uh, I don't know if it was a suffix that was actually just a two-part word and it didn't count mm-hmm. and she cheated her way up even higher. Yeah, she cheated her way up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, Just plain and so simple, that was pretty she cheated. Obvious. And then Mai's turn. My, well, Mai wins the next throw. Uh-huh. And then she proceeds to start saying something and goes up the entirety of a staircase with uh, probably 16 stairs or so. So she's saying a word with 16 syllables in Japanese and makes it to the top. And they're just staring at her like, how did you do that? And she says, that is the chant for immortality. That that is the incantation of immortality. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Now, the the payoff to that scene is a clip. I don't know if it's the same episode. Later on in the the episode. episode, Later in that episode, she's entering in everything she just said into a cheat code for a game. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just she, she she put all this effort into putting in this cheat code and then she enters it and says invalid code like, oh and then it cuts away yeah that's, that, that's all we get mm-hmm. yep but we don't really need uh, more than that but your reaction actually showed more emotion than hers she was just kind of sitting there well she doesn't even show emotion no no yeah uh okay so so the next bit that I wanted to go ahead and talk about was when Mio um, gives her notebook oh, to uh, her notebook to Yuko because Yuko didn't do her homework. This is some of the best animation in the show, honestly. Just this, how, how much effort went into this action sequence? And I wrote it down step by step what happens in this action uh, action sequence. So um, you, Mio is just thinking. Uh, after Yuko convinces Mio to give her her homework, to, to give her, her homework so she can copy it, Mio's just thinking, "Wait, what? A, wait a minute, I forgot something. What is it that I forgot?" <gasps> After I finished my homework last night, I was drawing. Oh no! And she remembers that she drew a picture of a uh, boy love scene mm-hmm. using her crush as the model. Mm-hmm. And uh, she realizes that her life will be over if this gets out. And so she walks up to Yuko and is like, Yuko, hey, guess what? I, I, uh, I forgot to do my homework, too. So you can go ahead and give me my notebook back. And Yuko's like, ha, whatever, that's funny. Like, she grabs the notebook and then it cuts to uh, Yuko grabs it back even harder. Like, they start damaging the notebook with how hard they're both gripping it. <laughs> and then 
They go back to their desks and uh hold on, hold on, hold on. What's the next bit? Okay. Oh wait, Yuko, that's the wrong notebook. here, here's my here's my math notebook. That's my English notebook, but it says math right here on it. And then which shocks her even more. And then uh she's like, here. And she slaps down money and says, I need to buy that off of you. I desperately need that notebook. To which Yuko goes, Yuko stands up and runs out into the hallway. Yeah, she does. Just gone. Which she initiates there's something in here that, that which, Neo doesn't want her to see. Which initiates one of the most amazing chase scenes in anime. As they... We're talking about the two of them running down the hall, running up and around the walls, the camera panning around as they're doing it. It's like if anybody's ever seen the scenes in Alien 3 where the dog alien is running around the ceiling and the camera just goes around the ceiling. It's like that, okay? Yes, it is. It's just yes, it crazy, is. cool camera shots as they're running down this hallway after each other. And Mio's just like, no, you, you goes too fast. I can't catch her. Like, hell, I can't catch her. This is my life on the line. And then she gets a second wind and goes up and gets her. And she's about to get the book when Yuko outruns her again. Just puts in some extra oomph and keeps going. <laughs> and then <laughs> Mio's just like, I can't, no, there's, I can't do it. There's no a, running in the halls. No. And so she gives her final desperate plea, no running in the halls. And Yuko's like, huh, wait, huh? And then as she says... Uh, Mio runs out of strength, collapses and run and falls in front of her, just tumbles. Thud. And Yuka walks up to her and is like, uh, Mio, uh, are you all right? And then Mio grabs the notebook and runs off with it. <laughs> it then cuts back to the classroom. Yeah. Yuko is outside, obviously in trouble for not doing homework. Uh, for not doing the homework. And everyone's passing their assignments in, and Mio's just like, Oh, thank goodness I took care of that. My life would be over if they saw that drawing that it of. I forgot to erase it. Teacher! And she's like, tears in her eyes because she's a good student and she does her work. I forgot to do the homework! That she's willing to put her reputation as a student on the line to make sure nobody sees that drawing. That's very, very risque. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's uh, that's that's where that skit ended. And holy that crap. Is. Holy that crap. Is. And I want to say it goes on after that. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead and you, you go ahead and talk your okay. next scene. I'll go ahead and do this. Okay, so so the, my next two are actually interconnected. Uh-huh. Um, ah, okay. Okay. Now, now, one of the funny things, one of the funny uh, clips that kind of interconnect episodes, uh, episode sketches includes a repetitive gag where the professor and the uh, robot play rock, paper, scissors. And one of the instances, they play rock, paper, scissors, the professor throws scissors, and the robot's hand is now flowers. Uh-huh. And then I was like, why? Why would you do this to me? And the robot just gets sad every single time. The next time, they throw rock, paper, scissors, and... The professor throws scissors, the robot throws rock, and then the fist launches and goes away, and then a new hand regenerates, and it's paper. Uh Uh-huh. Meaning, ha, you lost. (laughs) 
That's horrible, and I love it. <laughs> okay, so this first scene, um, uh, I think the scene starts off with the professor lying down, drawing a shark on a, a, a piece of paper, and looking up and seeing a, the same shark in the clouds. Mm-hmm. And so they're th- sitting there enjoying it, looking at the shark, when um, it's revealed that the robot had recently gone to the store and picked up milk for the professor to drink. Because if the professor doesn't drink milk, she won't grow up big and tall, big and strong. Mm-hmm. Edward Elric. Um... <laughs> Well, the moment the milk is revealed, the professor pretends to take a nap. Because she doesn't want to drink milk. Unless there's something sweet to go with it. And says, oh, I know what I want. I want a sweet roll. Or, 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 yeah, yeah, a sweet roll cake. Mm -hmm. And says, well, where are you going to get a sweet roll cake? Well, check this out. She pops off the robot's left arm and in the inside portion of the robot's left bicep is where is a secret container for a sweet roll. And she just pulls it out and says, how long has that been there? When was that a feature? What would have happened to me if my arm just fell off and suddenly there's a sweet roll in there if I'm out in public? As she images that happen. Oh, no, 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 no. So she then, you know, the professor just ignores her and Gives the professor the milk, and the, uh, I think you got. I think you got two scenes merged there, because uh, because the professor takes the nap, and then she then goes and gets buys the milk, and uh-huh. then they come back, and the professor is, is awake, and she's excited for the milk, but she wants something sweet to go with it. Right. So yeah. Anyways, it okay. doesn't really matter. They're related. So uh, anyway, the, in this scene, which is really really adorable, is that they um. Uh, so it's established he's done that, and then they wrote. So the professor is drinking the milk and enjoying her sweet roll, and she doesn't appear to be sharing at all. Mm-hmm. And then the robot asks for some, and the professor says yes, and pours her a glass of milk and hands mm-hmm. it to her, and keeps eating the sweet roll. Mm-hmm. Like, can, can I have some of the sweet roll too? She just looks at her, says no, and keeps no. eating the sweet roll. Can't I have anything? Like oh. Oh, I have an idea. We have sweet buns. And then pushes a button on a fob of some kind, and a CD tray-like attachment opens up and pops out of her forehead holding a sweet bun. It's like, what are you doing to me? What are all these features you keep adding to me? And then that's when it cuts to her being in a record store. Yes. And accidentally bumping something, opening the CD in front of her, and her head opening up at the same time, and people seeing her, just and her freaking out. And it cuts back to that being her. That showed up. That was just and, her. And so she complains about that, and the professor is just like, oh, I could add a music playing feature to you. That's not the problem. Um, but yeah, so they argue over that for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, there's a there's an adjoining scene to that where the professor and the robot are in. No, no. Okay, so before that scene ends, she eats the sweet roll and she likes it. Oh no, the the professor wants to eat the sweet roll as well. 
And the robot very quickly grabs the sweet roll, stuffs it in her mouth, gra- drink and drinks all of her milk so that the professor can't get her stuff that she had already given her. Then um, the professor decides he, she wants something else sweet and decides that she wants a layer cake. And the robot is concerned, and Nano, the robot, is seriously concerned. Okay, where on my person have you hidden a layer cake? And the, the professor turns around and opens the fridge door. And there's a cake in the, there. It says, why don't you just store all the food in there? The professor th- doesn't even bother thinking about it for even a second. He just goes, no. The professor will continue to hide snacks inside of her robot as she sees fit. Like, no. Oh, man. Um, and so in a later scene that uh, follows the same punchline, the uh, my sees the robot and the professor sitting in a school park enjoying sweet buns. Mm-hmm. And so she gives a craving for sweet buns and goes into the local uh, quickie mart or whatever and sees that the sweet bun shelf is empty. The three packs are all gone and looks over and notices that the 25 pack, the, the 55 economy pack of sweet buns is still there. <laughs> There's no, she has a craving for sweet buns because she saw some people eating them and is her craving strong enough to buy the 55 piece economy <laughs> pack <laughs> probably probably okay <laughs> anyway um so we get to uh so that's it kind of for episode uh two episode three is where they meet uh the cat sakamoto um that's but uh son to you yeah yeah We'll, we'll we'll get to that. But anyways, uh, once again, Yuko has forgot her homework, and she's trying to get my. Uh, she she knows that she can't ask Mio uh, because two days in a row. Two days in a row. So she then asks my, and my's like, okay, here, and hands her a paper, and he's like, oh, awesome, thanks, and she opens it up, and this it's this really poorly drawn comic about a little boy running and talking about how he's late. Oh, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. And then at the bottom of it, the dad says, I've just been laid off. Who cares about you being late? And the boy just cries out, ah. And uh, my Yuko's just like, um, while I'm really, really worried about this this boy, um, this isn't the assignment that we did. Oh, well, this all starts because she pulls out a handout out of her bag uh-huh. and realizes that it's not done. Um, she then turns over uh, well, and then she's like, that's not the handout. Can you please, like, can, do you have the handout for, for that's, that's for today? Oh yeah, here you go. And she grabs a, uh, it's another comic. Yeah. It's another comic. And it's the next page, the comic and the kids running. Oh no, I'm late. And my dad was laid off. This is terrible. How much worse could this get? And the final panel is a tiger chasing the boy down the streets to which Euclid's just like, oh, Oh, I really want to know what happens next, but I really need to have that math assignment, please. And so um, she promises to, I think she, I, I forget what it is, but she, I think she promises to give her, uh, to buy her something, to, uh, to buy her uh, a snack, yes. a juice or something. And uh, Mai gives her the homework. She's like, awesome, thank you. This is it. Opens 
compares mm-hmm. it to hers and realizes that it's from like the math homework that Mai just gave her is far more advanced than the note the homework that she's holding. Far more advanced. And yeah, she's just like so. And she's just like and she looks at her home at her uh handout and she's like, How old is this? <laughs> she just found a random She's handing a random piece of paper in her desk. Mm-hmm. Just a random piece of paper in her desk that just has been there. Okay. Um, uh, moving, uh, moving on again. The the uh, the, the math, math teacher, teacher is asking for is asking for uh, volunteers. Yeah. Um, and then they become voluntolds because he says because nobody's volunteering, this is going to go on your report cards. And then everybody hands goes hands go up. Yeah, and there's this great shot. He's... Uh, they, 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 uh, in, in an internal monologue, one of the girls is complaining that uh, he, he's a very scary teacher because if you get anything wrong, he yells at you. That's and so people are, mm-hmm. And so nobody wants to raise their hands. And then Yuko already has a bump on her head. She does. And like, uh, he'll, he'll hit you to the top of your head for almost no reason in Yuko's mind. In Yuko's mind. It's uh-huh. almost no reason. Um, and. He just does all these, uh, and then, th- so yeah, then he's calling on a volunteer in the class mm-hmm. to uh, help with something, and if they don't, and they're like, oh, well, cla- do you know class participation is part of your grade, right? So if nobody's participating, then uh-huh. everybody's yeah. raising their hands. Everybody puts their hands up, and Yuko puts her hand up partially. As the teacher's saying, oh, yeah, hey, so uh, I guess today's the 23rd, so let's go for the 23rd seat. She's like, yes, that's not me. Puts her hand up all the way. And then the uh, the teacher says, oh, wait, no, that student's absent. Uh, let's, how about this? Let's, and then, like, she tries to lower her hand, but she has a cramp. And then she uh-huh. tries to do her best to hide her cramp because she can't lower her hand now. Um, but the reason I brought it up is I brought up this scene is just because there's this one shot where the teacher, it's all gr- like everything suddenly goes green tone, except for the gaze from the teacher's eyes, which are beams of red light just scanning across the room looking for a volunteer. And there's this shot where Yuko just barely gets down from under the passage of the beams just in time for him to go over her head. Yes. <laughs> but but yeah, her arm is stuck. So she, she's going down with her, she, she's doing some sort of limbo trick <coughs> with her arm still in, still in this kind of a position that like, I'm not putting my hand down technically. I'm just, yeah, but then her, yeah. But then her chair starts moving or making noise, and now she has to pretend it was well, her chair. She she her, her stomach grumbles ah. for lunch, and she thinks it's loud, so she tries to mask it by moving her chair. Uh-huh. So she just makes she's just making everything worse for herself because she's an idiot, which everyone points out over and over and over again. Um, doesn't there doesn't the do the students start pointing I, now? The problem I had with watching this show was we were using I don't have a Funimation subscription. And so I'm watching this streaming on Funimation and the first two episodes I got dubbed. I got sub subtitled. Um but the fourth the uh, third episode uh is not available for free for uh in subtitled but it is available dubbed. And so one of the gags in the dub is that oh is somebody is somebody's phone ringing. 
is this something that someone says. I don't know if that is also the case in the original Japanese. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, just some of the guys in the class are mentioning just things that just seemed a little non sequitur to me based on what was going on? Yeah. Oh, anyway, um, the next scene I wanted to talk about was Nano coming back from uh, shopping. Um, and I forget exactly what reason she needed. Oh, no, uh, that's right. She was she overheard the uh, two other mothers talking about the eggs they got on sale and they had the same bags that Nano had. And Nano's just like, oh, wait, eggs were on sale. I missed that. I wonder if I can still catch it. And she pulls out her arm. Kind of like that joke everyone does, like, oh, again, let me see what time it is, like, when they don't have a watch on their arms. Except for her... Oh, it'd be two wrist. moles past a hair. Yeah, it's two moles past a hair, or time to get a watch, you know, something stupid like that. She op- looks up her hand, and just right here, it opens up, and it shows a digital watch right there. And I'm just like, how cool is that? <laughs> the digital watch just, is inside zip, her arm. Digital watch right there inside her arm. Something the professor made for her that's actually useful. <laughs> And so she's about to go around and uh, go back to the store when she comes across a cat who was at the beginning of the episode who yes. broke free from a lab called Sak- Sakamoto um, Pharmaceuticals. Okay. And uh, she and immediately the, and falls in love with him. He's yeah. so cute and she just loves him. And But she's just like, but I'm already taking their care of the professor. I can't take care of a cat too. I'm sorry. And gets up and leaves. Yes. So... Sorry, you were saying something? No, I was just saying that uh, this cat's traversals became the faded Mm -hmm. um, B-plot line because the cat falls out of the window uh, of the laboratory he's in and then the box, and then he lands perfectly on his feet and then the box lands on him. And then in one of the shots, there's the box standing beside a whole bunch of um, other uh, uh, potted plants, a box Uh of plants along the floor. And this old man is watering them and then waters the box of the cats in, and it starts shaking. Mm-hmm. Like, what, mm-hmm. what? And then another one, the box just starts inching its way away from the screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, I seem to recall, she meets up with the cat, tells him, no, I can't have you. Mm-hmm. And then before she even gets home with her supplies, the cat's already there. Yep, she comes home, she's like, I just got back from... I just got back from shopping and she opens up the door and the cat's there in the box. Uh, and uh, the professor says, look what I found. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and they're about to, uh, <clears throat> like, she's about to chide the professor being like, well, she chides the professor. She says, yeah, no, we can't have a cat, but he's cute. She's like, I know he's cute, but no, no, he's got he's really cute. No, I get that he's cute, but we've got things we have to take care of. But look how cute he is. I know he's cute. Um, and then they start petting him and they're like, oh, this part's so soft. And it's like they pet him and like hearts come off their heads. Uh, and over and over again they start petting other parts. And then finally Nano's just like, oh, and his tail is so soft and fluffy and wonderful. And the professor gets jealous and is like, not as fluffy as right behind his ear. But, but Professor, it is pretty fluffy on the tail. It's not as fluffy as right here. And like the cat gets upset and, and walks away. Yeah. Uh, and then the professor invents a scarf that causes cats to speaking to speak. Mm-hmm. To I was speak. about to say English because I was watching it in English, but no, that's mm-hmm. just to speak in in whatever human tongue the show happens to be translated into at the time. Mm-hmm. And she puts it on the cat, 
And the cat doesn't say anything. Gets up and sits on the table. Doesn't say anything. And they're and all they're watching him, trying to get more watching, and more intense and wondering what he's going to say. Biggest moe eyes that they can... <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then the cat, in the English dub, proceeds to berate them for being overly, you know, petting too much, yep. being overly attached, having That's what no it is imagination in in Japanese comes, as well. Mm-hmm. Having no imagination when it comes to naming him. Because, because she named him what... Sakamoto because he was in a box from Sakamoto Phar- Pharmaceuticals. I mean, even uh, even uh, Nano's just like, you can't name a cat that way. When <laughs> the person's like, but why not? And then Professor feels bad. He's like, I'm sorry after uh, the cat chews least... her out. <laughs> then he's like, at least call me Mr. So-and-so. And when he's just like, he's just like, wait, and and how old are you? And the professor says, I'm eight. And Nano says, I'm one. And he's like, hmm, well, in human years, I'm 20, so I'm your elder. So at least call me Sakamoto-san. <laughs> and he starts talking about these things and starts delving out all these other rules and stuff like that. And then Nano picks him up and says, I'm going to put him is, back where we found him. Is, is that, and yes. the, professor's like, the professor's like, okay. Just kind of accepting the fact that he's a jerk, so we we don't want him here anymore. The cat jumps out of Nano's hands and apologizes, and is like, "I'm," and like does the prostrating bow. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> but what does he say in English? Uh, something pretty similar. Just uh, that, that that plays out pretty similar in the uh, in the dub. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly how he, what the uh, what the wording was on it. Um, oh, what does he do? That's uh, there's something on my mind about what about how he was behaving, and no, that's right. I just remembered uh, his name is the same as the guy who has his own anime about how cool he is. Isn't that right? Like, don't you know I'm Sakamoto Kun? Sakamoto Desuka. Yeah. Desuka. <laughs> yep. I'm just remembering that. Uh, yeah, it's the same name. Yeah, like, Sakamoto, which you haven't watched yet. I've I've seen some of it. I've seen the episode where he's diving behind a TV. Oh gosh! With a miraculously timed <laughs> video recording of him diving in front of the TV. Uh huh. To get because one of his friends' mothers has fallen in love with him, and <laughs> uh, he's trying to convince her that he's been a hallucination of hers all this time. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. Um, so the last one that I wanted to bring up, uh, kind of the last skit of of episode three, um, arm wrestling, was, uh, the arm wrestling match, and yes. uh, Yuko is challenging uh, challenging uh, Mai to an arm wrestling match, and he's like, okay, and Mio is acting as judge, and Mai's just like, uh, and Mio counts to three, and then bam. You, uh, Yuko loses. Just my, my just destroys her. <clears throat> Everything all right? Toby's just having the kitty crazies. He's running back and forth behind me between the chair and the window. Anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, Oh, excuse me. Anyway, um, 
so so go, there's an, there's an ongoing gag just to admit defeat yes saying, oh yeah i wasn't ready for that and that was a little bit fast and uh my mio's just like it was a little bit too fast so we'll go ahead and do it again and then uh three two one go bam loses again yeah as mio declares uh my the winner uh but yuko refuses to admit defeat she keeps coming up with excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse and keeps losing over and over and over again and, and the, the final and, time and she the decides she's going to throw more her entire the, the final time she tries to cheat and she's going to throw her entire body weight into it so she grabs the side of the table and as soon as mio says go she goes for it and throws her entire body into it but then gets flipped back <laughs> as mio or as mai just destroys her one final time yes and she starts crying, being like, I don't get it. I don't get it. How could I always lose? How was I losing this? And uh, Mio, or Mai, gets up, walks away, and says something cool. I forget what she says, but she says something cool. And then Yuko's like, oh, yay! You know, ma makes Yuko feel better. And then Mai just says, by the way, one snack and 23 juices. Because <laughs> that's that's what she owes her for how many times she lost. So twenty four losses. Yes. Because the first one was the uh, was the snack, mm -hmm. and the rest of them were juices. So that's what Yuko owes her now. Now we can't wrap up the story because there's one thing I should have written down and didn't. Uh huh. And that was the events of Yuko and Mai walking to school together. Oh, gosh. Yeah, go ahead and talk about that. Because Yuko and Mai are walking to school. So it's it's supposed to be Yuko and Mio. But Mio forgot her homework or forgot that it was math that day and had to run back to her house and grab the homework that she actually needed to bring with her. So just go on without me. And then that's when um, Mai shows up. And Yuko's like, hey, give me a high five. And Mai just walks on by her. <clears throat> and so she's trying to interact with her more. So Yuko's trying to interact with her more and more, and Mai is not giving her the time of day. And so suddenly Yuko's like, she's mad at me. What could she be mad at me about? It's probably because I stole her broccoli from her lunch yesterday. Here's a whole clove of broccoli just to make up for that. It keeps ignoring her. So that wasn't it. Well, I guess it, think it was the cauliflower. No, and it, and it wasn't. Yeah. I and it wasn't the cauliflower either. She just has all this stuff randomly in her bag. Well, as things go on, you find out that the in she stole the entirety of her lunch one item at a time. I'm sorry she, for, for taking your steak as she offers her some fresh uncooked pork to yeah. make up for it. I'm sorry for eating this. And your rice. And your I'm beans. I'm sorry for eating this. And she grabs it. She offers her a bag of unopened rice, you know? Yeah. Just like a five kilo bag of rice just right there. But I didn't eat your... I'm sorry for not eating your black, uh, your black um, soybeans. Sorry for not eating them. Yeah, she says, I'm sorry for not eating them. Because that's the one time she doesn't offer her anything. That's uh, the one thing that she was, And so she's still ignoring her. Says, was it something else? Maybe it was the Buddha statue. I'm sorry I broke the Buddha statue's head. And I'm sorry that I took it home and did a bad job of trying to fix it. 
She's trying to tape it up and it just and falls apart. I'm sorry that I buried it secretly in my backyard. And I'm sorry that I changed my mind about that and dug it up and put it on your desk as a shrine. I'm sorry I changed of... my mind about that and decided to cremate it instead. And still, through all of this, Maya is ignoring her until until Yuko puts a sh- her hand on my shoulder mm-hmm. and my turns around looks her right in the eye and pulls an earbud out of her ear she was listening to music the whole time mm-hmm. like oh you were listening to music the whole time you probably didn't even hear a word i was saying and she's like lucky <laughs> and she says to herself lucky she doesn't know that i did that to her statue yet and it's like i and then <clears throat> Yuki mentions Yuki in one sentence. No, then Mai in one sentence lets Yuki know that she heard everything about uh, and how she um about her uh her Buddha statue and what was done to it. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Those are the three. Those are some of the far favorite parts of the first three episodes. Yeah, I mean, I've said before, I've seen this entire show twice. I absolutely adored it. I don't think there's a uh, funnier. Well, I don't know if there's a funnier one. We've watched a lot of Kill Any shows, but I knew that I would enjoy this one, and I figured you would probably enjoy it as well. So I figured I, it was a good one. I absolutely good... enjoyed the first two episodes. I probably would have enjoyed the third one if I could have watched it in the same mm-hmm. vein. No. Switching back, uh, my problem is, I probably would have enjoyed episode three more if I watched episode one and two dubbed also. Mm -hmm. Now, But switching back and forth between one or the other, I think you lose something. mm -hmm. Now, there's something pretty unique about this Blu-ray that I have. There's actually two versions of the Blu-ray here in the States. If you go to Amazon, you can still get both of them. This one, even though it has, I don't know if you'll be able to see it there, but it's got the Funimation logo on it. Uh So Funimation helped released this in the States. Um, This has no English. This is Japanese only. Whereas the other version that they have on Amazon has both Japanese and English. So I think, uh, and I haven't really looked into why, but I think um, they just really, really wanted to get this out to the States first. So they released it, and then Funimation was able to do their dub afterwards. Okay. Yeah, I love this show. I think it's hysterical. Um, right. I just kind of want to sit down and watch it all again. It's a great <laughs> show just to have on in the background just because it's, uh, you know, it's just a random collection of, of randomness is the best is. way to describe it. it um, is. I, I found that I probably couldn't watch it on with the background and really appreciate it for all that mm-hmm. it's worth because the gags are so fast. It's kind of a bit like, you know, whose line is it anyway? Where if you're mm-hmm. not, if you're not giving it enough of your attention, you're not getting what's happening. You just could just that's my thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that's it for Kyoani Month. We're wrapping up uh, for with Kyoani Month. And then since here in the States, school is starting up again, we decided to go ahead and, uh, you know, make fun of everybody who has to go back to school and dedicate an entire month to uh, to extraordinary schools in anime. Uh, That's so what, right. are we, what are we watching, uh, for, uh, for, uh, our 
for three episodes in next week. I'll just go okay. ahead and say that. There we go. I, I can. Speak. All right. So now we've we've done a few extraordinary <clears throat> schools in anime already on our show. We've done. Uh, uh, what's it called? We've done Assassination Classroom pretty early on, and we've done uh, My Hero Academia. This is a pretty extraordinary high school going on there. Um, but I wanted, and there's a handful of ones that we've seen are already that I, and I really wanted to focus again on stuff we haven't watched yet. Mm -hmm. And so because we've already seen girls and Panzer, I was looking for other things that you know, kind of fell into the same vein, but that Mm -hmm. we hadn't seen yet. And you gave me a list, and I went through it and decided that next week I want to watch Anti-Magic Academy, the 35th Test Platoon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Crunchyroll has the following synopsis. Set in a world where witches run havoc, the military decides to shift from using sword to utilizing guns to neutralize Magical Threats. The Anti-Magic Academy is an institution that specializes in training witch hunters. Takiru Kusanagi, who can't use guns and continues to fight with a sword, is relegated to the 35th Test Platoon, a motley group who can't cooperate. One day, Uka Otori an elite pistol master who is forced into demotion joins the platoon. Will they be able to gather their strengths and work together? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be I think it'll be an interesting show for us to watch. All right. So okay. that'll be so that one's <clears throat> gonna be available on Verve and Crunchyroll. So we should be able to uh we shouldn't run into the same problems as we did today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um so that's it for three episodes in. Let's go ahead and move on to recommendation of the week. And it's uh, my turn this week. It is your turn. And I, uh, picking another manga that I have recently been re- into, uh, a manga called Yandere Kanojo. Mm-hmm. Yandere Kanojo. Now, Yandere Kanojo um, pretty, pretty much translates, translates into violent girlfriend. Now, Yandere, uh, a lot of the times here in America and in, in anime, Yandere is, you know, a girl who falls in love with a guy and then kills anybody who gets in her way. Yeah. Even him, if, you know, if he proves to be an obstacle to, her, to their love, you know? Yeah, the, um, this, the, but, the violent psycho girlfriend. Uh, Yandere does not, always, does not always mean, like the actual definition of the word, word it does not always mean homicidal. Uh-huh. It's just someone who's prone to bursts of violence. Okay. Um, so another word, another uh, way of describing it would be Yankee, you know, a punk. Um, so the first chapter is this, uh, are the two characters, uh, Manabu and Reina meeting. And Manabu is a straight A student. Like he is one of the top scoring students in the school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, Reina is the most violent girl in school. Uh, she is so strong that girl, that uh, Yankees from other schools will come and challenge her, and they will always lose. Okay, okay. she is the most powerful uh, teenager in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, they fall in love immediately after seeing each other under the cherry tree. Oh. Uh, 
on their first day of school. They confess to each other, but she's like, no, 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 no. But hold on. We can date, but it has to be in secret. I really, really like you, but I, I have my image that I have to maintain. And he's like, okay, cool. We'll keep it secret. Within four issues, within four chapters, the entire school knows it. Okay. But in chapter 41, she still makes the comment of, wait, but hold on. We can't do this. Otherwise, people will know that we're dating. So she still thinks that people don't know that they're dating. It is very, very much fourth wall breaking. Like there's that clip that I shared with you where it's just like they're talking about a ghost in the school. Yeah. And the ghost, um, like, Rainer's just like, wait, wait, what are you talking about? What do you mean ghost? And the person who's telling her about the ghost says, just read the past two pages. Come on. Yes. Yes, they break the fourth wall. Says, I'm not reiterating what I just said. Just read the past two pages. I'm not reiterating what I just said. Just read the past two pages. Um, but there's uh, but, but what she what you told me about everybody knows that, but she thinks it's still a secret. Reminded me of a clip from Johnny Dangerously, where he uh-huh. has the entire town recite what they're supposed to d- tell the police, <laughs> and they all say the same thing. Wow. Once. Uh, Anyways, there's a great bit where she decides that he deserves a more girly, polite girl than herself. Uh And so she struggles to not fight. And, like, she struggles so much that she starts bleeding out of her mouth by biting her cheek by not, you know, fighting people. Mm -hmm. And he goes to her and he just says, I really appreciate what you're doing, but I love you for who you are. I love you. You're like the violent nature. You is the you that I fell in love with. You don't have to pretend to be anything else for me. And she's like, "Oh, really?" And then she proceeds to beat the crap out of the people who are annoying her right in front of them. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, and then like they have a date in one chapter, and she goes to her mom, who's a former Yankee as well. Uh, but she's like a very sweet, dear Ada Ada mother at this moment at uh-huh. this time. Yes. Um, but she just says, uh, <clears throat> "Mom, Mom, I have a a a, 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 Oh, did somebody call you out? Do you have a fight? Uh, you have a duel? Oh, do you have a duel? Here, do you want to borrow my brass knuckles?" As she's just driving, digging through all her old weapons and stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's cute. It's it's there's only seventy five chapters. Um, it's all, it's done. Um, the chapters are about you know between 30 and uh, 18 pages a piece. Uh-huh. Um, but no, it's it's an utter delight. Um, uh, a lot of fun. Pretty simple artwork. Um, but yeah, um, actually, I guess it's... Se- se- is it 77 chapters? I guess there might be some extra chapters in there somewhere. But anyways, give it a read. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed if you like good comedies. All right. Which brings us to our next segment, Creator Shoutout. And this week, I'm going to shout out to a creator that I stumbled upon who's been at this for a few years. Um, and I shared a couple of his videos with you. This creator has a channel called 8-Bit Music Theory. Now, I couldn't find um, information on who the creator was, just the channel that he runs. And so he has a Twitter account, Patreon page, and a YouTube channel, all about 8-Bit Music Theory. And he, what he does is he deconstructs uh, 8-bit music into their um, bass components with a heavy dose of music theory that, as I watch his shows, there's just so much information there that 
I don't even know where to begin to pick, pick it apart. Like, I, it, it makes me want to take a class or two in music theory to kind of figure out what he's talking about. Um, one of the videos I shared with you uh, was a part of a three-parter that um, talked about uh, just, just the themes in Final Fantasy VI, a game that we both love and adore. Um, another one I shared with you was uh, how... Uh, I think I, he did a, a deconstruction of the music in Chrono Trigger as well. But what I do know what I shared with you was a mm -hmm. deconstruction of how, he, how they uh, combined um, literal uh, classical uh, Baroque style with modern rock... Uh, themes to produce the music for the original um castlevania series and just the just the ways that the kind of decisions that artists had to make when it came to producing that music to make it sound the way it does it was just incredibly enlightening and uh seriously uh we're gonna on our on our site whitakerweekly.com we are going mm -hmm. to be sharing his uh Twitter account, YouTube channel, and Patreon page. So check him out, subscribe, follow him, and if you can, donate to his channel. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for another week. Um, thanks so much for listening in. If you listened on YouTube, uh, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please share this channel with our uh, with your friends. Uh, where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has the links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference, and if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right. Well, thank you so much for watching this week, you guys, or listening in, however you paid attention to us, or, you know, had us on in the background, whatever. Um, but uh, thanks you so much. Uh, I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.